podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be discussing an article from the August issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, How Many Pounds of Meat Can We Expect from a Beef Animal? To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the co-authors, Brianna Boozman and also Randy Sainer. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, Randy, we've had you on the Beef Watch podcast before, but Brianna, this is your first time. Give us a little more about yourself and your background and your role there with the University of Nebraska. Well, uh, I grew up on a cow-calf operation in southeastern South Dakota um, and have been involved in agriculture since I was little. I did my undergrad in animal science at South Dakota State University and just finished up my master's at University of Idaho this spring. I started in this position uh, the 1st of June as the Youth Meets Extension Assistant Professor uh, here at UNL. And in that position, I will be developing youth programs specifically focused on livestock production and uh, meat production, as well as coaching the meats judging team. Well, Brianna, we're excited to have you on the team. And I thought the topic that you wrote together with Randy was really timely for the time of year we're in, and also timely in light of what's happened over the last four to five months with COVID-19 and packing plants uh, shutting down or reducing production. And I think just a renewed interest by consumers to purchase meat directly from farmers and ranchers. And this is also the time of year when we see a lot of county fairs occur. And so sometimes families or neighbors of kids who have 4-H projects purchase those animals from them and sometimes have questions about what can we expect to get in terms of actual meat if we buy this animal, or what could I expect to get in a quarter or a half of beef? And in this article, I thought you did a really nice job of walking through from, if you purchase a live animal, what can you expect to get in terms of retail cuts? Share with us some of the details that folks should know and understand as they think about if they're gonna go purchase an animal, what they might actually get in terms of meat. Right. So. Um, That was something, you know, just the timeliness of this article, something that we were getting calls about people wanting to know uh, what to expect as well as seeing it. Uh, You know, I said, I grew up in a cow-calf background and uh, my family alone was getting a lot of calls from people wanting to see what options there were for them to uh, purchase meat directly from a producer. Um, And so just a few things to keep in mind is, you know, as the article says, there's a lot of weight on that live animal um, and a lot of people don't necessarily know what to expect and uh, especially if they come from previously purchasing it from the grocery store uh, where they can pick what steaks and roasts and uh, ground product they want um, a lot of times you just don't know what to expect in terms of actual pounds of product Um, and so that's something that they actually can work with the processor on and determining, you know, how many specific steaks and roast or uh, how much do you want ground? What specific cuts do you want? Um, And so that is something that is nice with, you know, getting it done at a local processor, um, getting to pick a little bit more of what you actually want. Um, But then just keeping in mind how many pounds that you're actually going to be able to get and be able to store. So a lot of people may think, oh, we could just go buy a beef animal but may not have a big enough freezer or the storage space to actually take that on. Uh, So this was really just to hopefully give some people a little bit of perspective before uh, making that jump into buying that whole live animal. 
Randy, let's walk through a little bit some of the details. So in the example in the article, we used a 1,400-pound beef animal. Kind of walk us through from the time that animal was purchased live, what are things that are going to happen till we actually go get that meat from the processor and put it in our deep freeze? Well, you know, for, first the animal, you know, of course, is harvested. And remember, you have things that aren't, that we don't use for food, that are used for other things like leather, uh, the, the blood, all, all that weighs something. And so, um, first of all, they're going to they're slaughter the animal. It's going to hang up on a carcass. And so, we have what we call hot carcass weight. So, that means the animal's the carcass is still warm. From there to when it cools off, we have shrink because the water actually evaporates out of that carcass somewhat. So you lose some, some weight there. And then from there, um, the cold carcass, then we will start cutting it up into cuts. We may quarter it first. And when we do that, you know, if we take out bone and, and some fat, that may reduce the amount of yield also. And so by the time we cut it into actually a steak or a roast, you know, we've taken the hide off the animal. Um, a lot of times people don't want the liver and heart. Sometimes they do. That's an, another um, weight that can be reduced from the carcass. So, you know, here you have a 1,400-pound animal, and you end up with 570 pounds of boneless trimmed beef. And that's on average. If it's dairy, it's going to be a little less because they're not as muscular. Um, so there's lots of factors that are involved, involved in it. And there's like 280 pounds of fat and trim and bone on that 1,400-pound animal. And of course, the kidney pelvic heart fat and, the, and some of the other trim loss and the carcass shrink is about 32 pounds. So it, it adds up that you don't, you don't get exactly what the weight of the steer is. Well, I think that's a great point. And you know, in the article, you mentioned a typical dressing percent when we think about live weight to hanging carcass weight is somewhere around 62, 64%, meaning that 62 to 64% of that animal's live weight is hanging carcass weight. And that's often a number that folks will get reported from the processing plant. I also just want to make a comment that having been involved with the grass-fed beef business in the past, the amount of fat on that animal sure can impact a yield as well. And so, you know, another thing is if we're having an animal that's maybe got more fill at the time of harvest in terms of its live weight, or maybe isn't carrying as much fat, that dressing percent can actually be less in terms of its carcass weight. And I think that's important to remember. And Another thing that was mentioned in the article is just the longer that you have that animal hang or you have that carcass hang in terms of dry aging, the more loss we can have as well. And so I think that's an important thing to remember. We often hang a carcass to allow it to basically go through some controlled decay, so to speak, to make that meat more tender. But the longer that carcass hangs, the more trim loss you're going to have and also more evaporation loss or just water loss from that. And that's an important thing for people to remember as well as they think about maybe how long they're going to have that meat hang and what they would expect to get. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't realize, and you know, I didn't even mention the rumen. We, we don't use any of the food from there. And if there's a lot of fill in there, um, that makes the live weight heavier, but none of that is edible unless you take the tripe. That would be the only thing out of the, out of the reticulum. But um, yeah, so, so really fill has a lot to do with it too, but also dairy characteristics, lighter muscled animals. If you're on grass, if you're grass fed, they're usually less fat. Yield's going to be a little less. And that's some of the things we brought out in the article is, 
you know, you, you think you might not be getting enough meat, but you got to realize every animal is a little different and how they're managed is really important for yields. Brianna, also talk a lot, just a little bit about when you make that arrangement with the processor, if you're going for closely trimmed boneless cuts versus maybe cuts that have more bone in or you have a little more uh, rind or fat around that product, and also even thinking about the grind you request, you know, if you're looking for a 90 or 95% lean product in terms of your ground beef versus an 80-20, that's going to impact what we get in terms of yield as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the big thing with yield is, you know, it's typically referred to as boneless, closely trimmed retail cuts, what you would expect to see uh, in the grocery store if they were selling it. However, if you decide to keep some bone-in steaks or bone-in roasts um, or keep a higher fat percentage in that ground product, that's definitely going to add weight and that's going to increase that yield percent for sure. And there is, um, if you do read this article, there is a table in here that um, kind of breaks that down as to what you could expect in terms of actual uh, weight in pounds if you were to go with boneless steaks versus bone-in um, or kind of a mixture of those two. One of the things that you wrapped the article up with that I thought was really nice is how much freezer space am I going to need? Walk us through that a little bit because I think this is one that sometimes we don't maybe think through all the way and we maybe go buy an animal, we have it processed and then we go get the meat and we realize, whoops, I don't have enough space at home for a place to go with all of this. Right, and so being able to safely store that product is really important as well. Uh, when you pick it up from the processor, it will be frozen um, and you wanna keep it frozen until you're ready to use it. Um, and so uh, just for a little bit more information on that, a quarter of beef, it's gonna take about four and a half cubic foot freezer. Um, if you wanna go for a full side, about an eight cubic freezer and a whole beef will take about that whole 16 cubic foot. Uh, so you just wanna make sure that you have plenty of space available. Um, I know for myself, new to Lincoln, I'm living in an apartment. I just have a freezer that's hooked onto my fridge. And so I uh, would have to be a little bit more careful about what I'm willing to buy. Um, and so just keeping in mind that storage space that you have is absolutely necessary uh, before making this big of a purchase. Let's talk a little bit about storage life on frozen beef. If folks are making that kind of investment, what's the amount of time they can expect to keep that beef in the freezer and and still have a good product when they take it out and thaw it? Uh, so that a lot of it will depend on how it is packaged. Typically, boy, I would say on that about a year you would want to go through things to keep it its highest quality. Um, over time, there's going to be some oxidation of that product that could lead to off flavors. Um, it wouldn't be unsafe by any means. It's still going to be a safe product if it's kept frozen um, and you can keep it for longer than that, of course. But the more if it's thawed and then refrozen, you're just gonna come into some quality issues, off flavor issues. Uh, but in terms of safety, you can keep it in the freezer for much longer than that. Anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic as we wrap this up? Aaron, the one thing people need to realize is, is when, they, um, when they purchase one from a, from a rancher or stuff, um, that they're not going to get, you know, they need to know the pounds of meat they're going to actually get from that animal because that can make a big difference. And also they need to make sure that they have plenty of coolers to pick up that frozen meat or be fairly close to their freezer. So if they're coming, you know, four or five hours away to pick it up, they need to have some kind of coolers probably with dry ice um, 
just to get it back to, to where they're at. If they're within an hour, they can probably wrap it in some blankets and get by. But um, especially with our hot weather, they need to be really careful about that. And I would add to that, um, just something I think is important to keep in mind is that the weight that you're not getting in cut, so that stuff, the, the bones, the fat, the trim, um, the hide, isn't just being wasted and thrown away. Um, it can go into cosmetics, medical equipment, uh, fertilizer, pet food. It really can uh, reach across the spectrum into various industries um, rather than just everything that's going directly to your freezer, which I think is pretty cool and uh, just an important thing to remember too. Yeah, we, we definitely don't waste anything on the animal. In, in fact, like over half of the products go into byproducts like she just mentioned. Well, Brianna, Randy, I thought this was really timely. Thanks for putting this together. So thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Aaron. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. This does come from the August issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. The article's titled, How Many Pounds of Meat Can We Expect from a Beef Animal?